Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Helen Keller said this, on episode six of the Beautiful Butterfly Project, we will talk about how overcoming obstacles and how staying in the press is the tool to help us move forward in our life. The next couple of guests that we will have will shed insight in their journey on how they did just that. They stayed in the press to overcome their obstacles. And we'll discuss that all right here on the next episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. There are a lot of times in life where we just feel that we're hit with one obstacle after another. It's like our life is never smooth sailing. And we look at other people's lives and we often wonder, you know, why it seems like they have it so good. Why does it seem like their life is easy and we're always pressed with something, whether it's our personal life, whether it's our work life, and whether it's just our relationships, we always feel like we're pressed. You know, I recently began thinking about this lately. Some of those relationships ended and I just didn't understand a thing on where those individuals supposed to be in my life. You know, you always think that uh, you have friends and these people who are in your circle and that they're meant to be there for a long time. And I know you've always heard that people who come in your life are there for a reason, a season, or for a lesson. They're only there for a certain time. And recently I began just pondering on that. And I wanted to start, you know, telling stories here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project that were really personal and relatable. And I uh, started thinking about what staying in the press meant. And going through our hard times and going through our obstacles, we, I often heard, hang in there, you know, hang in there, it's going to get better. Hang in there, it's going to get better. And I equated that with staying in the press. And then I started thinking about olives and how we get this wonderful olive oil that we cook with and that we enjoy eating on a charcuterie board and just all of these um, different things that olives are used for. And I did some research on, you know, the, you know, the way that olives are processed and taking a look at the olive tree, you know, for those of you that know things about plants and trees, I know absolutely nothing about them. My grandmother who passed away earlier this year was a great gardener and she loved to garden. So she was very knowledgeable about um, her different plants and her different trees. But the olive tree is a perennial tree. The leaves don't fade off or they don't fall off during the season. And even in scorching heat and in the winter, they are being continually rejuvenated. And so the tree is often said to be evergreen or ever olive, if you will. 
But without cultivation, this olive tree becomes wild and unruly, and it can be easily corrupted. And so after this process of this long cultivation, which is often you know, pretty tedious and it requires a lot of t- patience, it usually takes up to about eight to 10 years for this olive tree to yield fruit. Think about that. Eight to 10 years for this olive tree to yield fruit. And that not long after yielding this fruit, these new shoots, they start to form from the olive tree almost immediately. And these olive trees, they just continuously bear the fruit. And so once these olives, they're handpicked and they're, and they're picked up and they're plowed from the land, then the cultivation process begins. And what I really thought interesting about this is that to even make olives edible, to make them tasteful, they are put in a large stone box and they're layered with salt and vinegar and they are just sitting there. They're just developing, they're marinating. And so slowly that bitterness is being purged from the olive. And what emerges are these refined olives that are a staple fruit in many countries around the world. And so in order to produce olive oil and this is how I, you know, I really equate it just staying in the press. These olives are crushed in the press. And when they're crushed in the press, they're a huge stone is basically pressed down on them. And it's worked in a circular motion. And then when the stone is placed on these olives and worked in a circular motion, Another method is where they can even have a mule or an ox with a stinging whip that is being used to pull this rock back and forth to express this oil. And under that pressure and time and pressure and time, this beautiful oil emerges that has a very fine heating point. I don't know if you cooked with olive oil before, but olive just like when they're sustaining the pressure to express this oil, olive oil in its cooking temperature, it doesn't have a very high temperature point. So you have to be careful when you're heating and using olive oil, because if you heat it too much and you use it in your cooking, its taste can be very bitter. It can burn and it can smoke. And so if you think about your life, and I really started thinking about this, especially when, you know, I was going through, you know, my couple of years of what I called in the press and even thinking about when I wrote my first book in 2015 on reflections of the butterfly affirmations for empowerment, I was writing about my 10 years in the wilderness and how I was really trying to find my purpose in life and really trying to figure out how I was going to use that purpose and finding myself a away and apart from being under definition of, you know, mom and, and, you know, wife, sister, and just under all of these uh, personal and societal pressures that I really didn't recognize who I was. And so that was sort of a press of staying in that particular press to figure out exactly who I was. And so when I started thinking about this and what I was going through recently, and how these olives are put under intense pressure to release something that is very delicate, that is very beautiful, 
that is very pleasant, that is very pleasing to the palate. And that emerged from something that in its original state is bitter and that it takes eight to 10 years to cultivate this beautiful fruit and how that emerges. I equated that with overcoming our obstacles in life and staying in the press so we can be refined, so we can be made, so we can be pruned, so we can be prepared. So when those obstacles come, we will be better equipped to handle them. And so I understand that overcoming obstacles are difficult, even yet identifying what those obstacles are can be very, very difficult. And, you know, obstacles are really broken down into two categories. And there was this article that I read on a website called Everyday Power, Everyday Power. And it was an article written by Jeff Moore, published sometime in 2019. And he identified two types of obstacles are external obstacles and those obstacles that are internal. Those external obstacles are those things that you can't control. You can't control time. You can't control the families that we're born into. We can't control the circumstances that come our way that press us into different situations. But what we can control are those internal obstacles, which are our choices that we make in response to those external obstacles. And so even there's a third type of obstacle that are what we call our habitual obstacles, those things that are habits and how we have to break the habit of what I've often heard David Gibson say, we have to break the habit of being us. We have to break the habit of being you. And those things that we habitually do, they get us into certain circumstances in which we do have control because of those are the choices that we make. And so let's take a look at some ways and how we can overcome those obstacles. And before we even begin to try to overcome those obstacles, we must first identify and understand what that obstacle is. You know, perhaps that obstacle are those habitual behaviors and choices that we make to get us back into the same situations that we are year after year. And that's one of the blessings and curses of Facebook memories. Because looking back at Facebook memories in those two years in which I was in the press, you know, I would often look at the posts that I would make. And a lot of those posts would mirror the posts at the same date and time and month from the previous year. And when I started recognizing that, I had to start to really think, I need to make some changes. And I had to, first of all, identify and understand what that obstacle is. The second thing that uh, we need to do is to craft a plan. And one of the things that I put into action in looking at those Facebook memories over the two-year period was to not only identify the obstacle and understand the obstacle, but craft a plan on how to remove that obstacle from your life. And most times, those friendships that I was losing were those friendships that I needed to lose in the beginning because they weren't good for me, because they weren't meant to be in that space and time that I was either moving or growing And that person wasn't moving or growing with me, or perhaps that friendship wasn't meant to be from the beginning. And so I had to start removing myself from certain circles and from certain friendships. And I had to start putting myself in situations that were going to help improve me, to improve my mindset, to improve my thinking. So I had to start to craft a plan that was going to move me forward away from 
those obstacles. And another thing that I really started thinking about is like, how do you carry out the plan? And a lot of times you just have to physically remove yourself. You know, I've known people that have picked up and moved um, cities. They've moved states to get away from situations or to get away from individuals. And it's not really that they were running away from the situation, it's that they really understood that in order to move forward to that better place, they had to remove themselves from that obstacle. They identified it, they made a plan, and now they were carrying out their plan. And a lot of times we wanna see these plans come to fruition in big chunks and in big steps. But if you can just make one thing, one decision every single day that is going to move you forward, and that's really going to help you execute or carry out that plan. And the fourth thing, and the last thing that I, you know, that I really wanted to touch on that helped me move forward in removing those obstacles was to really take time and reflect. There's a mantra or an affirmation that I repeat to myself every single day during my meditation time, and that is, I will give back any negative thoughts or any negative feelings to the individual or the source that gave it to me. I will give back any negative feelings to the source that gave it to me. And what I mean by that is that we all have these negative experiences and these thoughts and these feelings that are associated with that negative thought or that negative experience. And those thoughts, they really don't belong to us. That situation happened. Yes, we were there and yes, it may have happened to us, but because we attached a feeling or an emotion to it, we held on to it. And we like to revisit that. You know, a lot of times that misery likes company is, you know, is what I've often heard. And we like to revisit that because it gives us a source of comfort and wallowing in our pain. And one of the things that I had to do was I had to take time to uh, reflect on those feelings and those situations. And I needed to remove the feeling I had associated with it. And I had to visually send that back to that individual and just leave it there. That was the process that I used to help me move on from that negative feeling or that negative experience is to take away the power of that feeling that it had over me. And once I was able to do that, then I was able to turn my mind and just start to reflect on different things. And there were a couple of things that I just really associated with that. And that even though, you know, I was able to remove those negative feelings and those negative thoughts, I often reminded myself of how I felt during that period. And that really pushed me to never revisit that place again. And that enabled me to be able to reflect and to be able to move on. And so what I endeavor to do here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project is to have guests that will shed light on this very thing of staying in the press to overcome our obstacles and to allow time and pressure to refine us to be better able to deal with things that are coming down the road, that these very things are preparing us for something greater. And our next couple of guests here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project would just do that. They will share their stories of being an overcomer and how they were able to use those situations, those negative thoughts and those negative emotions and how they stayed in the press to become better along their journey. And hopefully we'll learn a few tips and tools along the way. 
And I hope that you will join us as we talk to these guests and as we learn and as we explore. And I look forward to our time here on the next episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful, but most of all, inspiring. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at The Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email thebeautifulbutterflyproject at innovativebutterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on The Beautiful Butterfly Project.